0: Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. d programs are most effective when people are treated authentically during the hiring process, but also once they're onboarded employees should still feel welcome and like they belong six months or a year or two years after joining a company. And that's why it's so important to separate and define diversity and inclusion in two separate pieces, but also understand that if they're both working well and if they're both just beginning to naturally occur, they're cohesive, they're top priorities, and it's very impactful.
1: That was Alyssa Branicki, Director of Human Resources at Cantaloupe, and she is our special guest on this week's episode of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. As we wrap up Diversity and Inclusion Month, Alyssa and I talk about what it looks like to employ DNI as part of the total employee experience. Alyssa credits her ability to find her voice as a female in the workplace to growing up in a blended Hispanic-Italian family with two volumes, Loud and Louder. To her, diversity and inclusion are two very separate things that cannot work independently of one another. Diversity is the different characteristics and attributes that define the employees within the company, while inclusion is embracing all of those differences and welcoming them fully. Diversity is a fact, while inclusion is a choice. Alyssa and I discuss how the industry is doing as a whole, as well as what advice she has for companies getting started on their own diversity and inclusion programs. According to Alyssa, it all starts from the top down, and Cantaloupe's CEO does an exceptional job of driving this point home. Tune in to get the details on this and more. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi Alyssa, welcome to this special series of the Leaders in Payments podcast about diversity and inclusion. Thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, a few things like that.
0: I grew up in Southern California. I was raised in the same house my entire childhood within a big, blended Hispanic and Italian family. The volume in our house was always loud and louder, which is you know, a funny comment that I often like to make when I'm talking about my family or all my siblings. But I also enjoy bringing up this comment because it's the culture and the upbringing and how I was raised that really allowed me to find my voice as a minority female in the workplace. I am also a first-gen college student graduate, and I earned my degree from Liberty University through their military spouse program. My degree is in psychology with the specialty in developmental psychology. And then after moving seven times in 10 years and living in four different states, my husband and I, we finally were able to plant our roots in a more rural area of Pennsylvania, where we're now raising our two young sons and building out a little farm.
1: Oh, wow. A farm. That sounds fun. So tell us a little bit about Cantaloupe and then about your specific role there.
0: Cantaloupe is an organization that's in the unattended retail space offering digital payment solutions along with software that drives logistical servicing to the locations of those unattended retail spaces. And unattended meaning things like vending machines, kiosks, car washes, those types of things. We currently have 200 employees in two office locations one in Malvern, Pennsylvania, and one in Atlanta, Georgia. In my role here, I am the Director of Human Resources, managing the department and then the operations of HR, but also responsible for the total employee experience. So anything from manager training, process improvement, effective communication, anything and everything that encompasses and is specific to our workforce and our employees.
1: And what was your background before joining Cantaloupe?
0: Prior to Cantaloupe and to a couple of different other companies, I started an education in teaching positions and was always being asked to volunteer or host small group training and development sessions because I was moving so much after I got married. I found two things. It's very difficult to recertify yourself in different states as a teacher, but also that I really enjoyed the coaching and training aspect and being able to funnel knowledge and ideas to other people. So I left the teaching industry and I went into technical staffing and recruiting with the intent of being a part of the people processes and full life cycle experiences. This, of course, in that staffing space was high volume and only a small piece of the experience of what I wanted to be a part of. So when I ended up moving to Pennsylvania, I made the conscious decision to find a role that was more engaged in all parts of the recruiting, the onboarding, the training experience. And that decision ended up bringing me to Cantaloupe where I was hired as the HR manager with the expectation to come in with process improvement, building things, creating processes at the top of mind. I did join Cantaloupe at the end of March in 2020, which as everybody knows is the time when the entire world seemed to have shut down. So it kind of allowed me and forced me to pivot, and dissect and look at all of the things within the organization that needed to be reevaluated.
1: Yeah, and I assume that throws you into the middle of how remote employees work and the tools and everything that were needed there. So you kind of came in at a an interesting time.
0: Yes, I had to become the expert in employee engagement for a remote workforce, the expert in COVID, the expert in some employee legal pieces tied to COVID. It was quite a journey.
1: Well, let's dive into the topic of discussion, which is diversity and inclusion. So if you don't mind, can you define it at that 50,000 foot level? What does it mean to you? How do you define diversity and inclusion?
0: I really define diversity and inclusion as two very separate pieces, but they cannot work without having them both recognized as equally important. Diversity is the different characteristics, attributes, race and ethnicity, gender, important things like that. Inclusion to me means embracing all of those differences and welcoming them fully and appreciating them and celebrating them. You can analyze diversity data. You can try to gather, you know, data around diversity. But if you're not intentional about having an inclusive work environment and not seeing inclusivity as a top priority as well, then you're not truly going to see diversity and inclusion excellence within a workforce. I guess in more simple terms, diversity is the mix of the workplace and inclusion is recognizing and valuing not just the self-evident differences in people, but also making the mix within the company work. So getting even more granular and understanding that everyone has a separate life outside of their job. Single parents, dual income households with young children, someone's different life experiences, their socioeconomic status, a person's religion or belief, being inclusive to all of that as well. It requires a commitment to respect those unique point of views, needing to meet the potential of each and every member within the workforce, making sure they're known, they're heard and they're felt. So really tying them together, but still seeing them as equal.
1: There's been a common theme this month. You're the fourth person that I've talked to about this subject this month. And it's been across almost every conversation And more so than in prior years when we've done it is this whole concept of life experiences and bringing that to the table from a diversity and inclusion perspective when a lot of times when we had conversations in the past that that wasn't necessarily brought to the table and it makes so much difference when you think about it. It's not just, to your point, the diversity part and not just the inclusion part. It's both together. It's their life journey. It's what they've been through that makes them who they are. So respecting that and understanding that I think is is kind of vitally important.
0: And taking all of that and realizing that there's a lot of things that we might not know about people within the workforce that they can really be a part of within an organization. There's probably talents or skill sets that they have outside of their day-to-day that can bring value and impact an organization.
1: Absolutely. So what are some high-level things that Cantaloupe is doing today in the DNI space?
0: So, Cantaloupe has done a handful of things and continues to do so. First and foremost, our board of directors are champions of diversity with four women sitting on our board today. In February of 2022, we recently brought on another individual who is a minority on the board, so truly championing for diversity by leading by example, which I think is great. We've also looked at our benefits and we've chosen to make changes that are more inclusive, To our benefit plans, making them more equitable. We've done things such as bringing and allowing domestic partners of our employees eligibility for medical coverage. We've implemented paid parental leave for both moms and dads. And we've rolled out floating holidays for employees to use for their own cultural or religious observances that we may not be recognizing. Today in the company. So we wanted to reflect important things like that just starting off. Our CEO, Sean Feeney, he really does see incredible value in making sure that every voice is heard. So what he's also done, he's implemented an anonymous inbox that goes directly to him. This allows employees to bring up specific questions or concerns if they're not comfortable with going directly to their manager or to HR. He's committed to communication and transparency. He's holding monthly all-hands calls to keep our employees engaged. If there's questions about diversity, if there's questions about employee engagement or inclusivity within those anonymous inboxes, he'll answer those questions publicly. He's really committed to making sure that every voice is heard.
1: So a lot of people say that a strong diversity and inclusion program starts with the hiring process. So two-part question, do you agree with that? And then what about the employee experience when someone is onboarded?
0: I don't agree with that. I think the hiring process is only a piece of a successful diversity and inclusion program. A very strong diversity and inclusion program starts with the leaders at the top. Recognizing and having the support of an executive team when implementing a DI program is absolutely the most important part to making sure it's successful. Things like the onboarding, the hiring process, manager training, building relationships, building trust, those are also key and very important parts of the program as well. And those training pieces for those managers, understanding unconscious biases, those types of questions asked during interviews, the feedback that is given post-interviews, those are all just pieces of the greater good and the impact that a solid diversity and inclusion program can have. Kind of going off of that and me kind of responding to, does the DNI program start with the hiring process? If you're starting at the hiring process, you're only looking at it in a way that is treating people like numbers. d programs are most effective when people are treated authentically during the hiring process, but also once they're onboarded. Employees should still feel welcome and like they belong six months or a year or two years after joining a company. And that's why it's so important to separate and define diversity and inclusion in two separate pieces, but also understand that if they're both working well and if they're both just beginning to naturally occur, they're cohesive, they're top priorities, and it's very impactful. Diversity is a fact, that diversity can be numbers, inclusion is a choice, and that is a very high bar that needs to be set in all organizations because if you're having you know, diversity impact and you have a high number of diversity and you're also being inclusive, you're going to see the retention within any company and you're going to have a very solid DNI program as well.
1: So does Cantaloupe have, a lot of bigger companies have affinity groups or things like that? Is, is Cantaloupe doing anything like that today?
0: We have a committee of people who gather together and say, what can we do? What needs to be done? And we meet monthly on that case. But we also have right now a more, instead of having like an affinity group, we have a more natural process between HR and the employees where there's individuals who I reach out to at all levels with all kinds of different backgrounds and experiences. And they're really, they're a part of my focus group. And I ask very open-ended general questions. We've taken and broken down like the more formalized affinity focus groups, and we've taken that style and that method instead.
1: That's interesting. Well. Would it be fair to say that you're helping to build DNI into your DNA or into the culture of the company?
0: I think it's fair to say that there has been an incredible amount of improvement within the company. For me personally, DNI is built into my DNA. And I hope that I'm setting the example and speaking loud enough for everyone, both here at Cantaloupe and just within the community, that DNI is not a box just to be checked. It's a reality that really should be deeply felt and held valuable to everyone in the way that they work with others. It's also important to keep in mind that DNI improvements don't happen overnight. And I'm saying that really because I'm just getting started here at Cantaloupe. I've been here two years, but I've really taken the time to understand and to learn what is important for many people across the organization. And by doing that, taking that time to speak with those people and putting them into focus groups without making them feel like they're being pressured to ask certain questions or answer certain questions in a certain way, I've taken the more natural process. And I'm breaking down the barriers and making sure that it's not all like-minded individuals contributing towards this goal of having a really strong DNI program in place here at Cantaloupe.
1: Can you share some best practices around d that Cantaloupe's using?
0: Absolutely. So some of the best practices that we've done at Cantaloupe, we've included really taken the time to uncover the gaps and challenges, kind of as I mentioned earlier. Our CEO, he shares during his monthly all-hand calls the diversity data that we do have. And then he's honest about where we are, where we have improved, and where he wants the company to be and to move forward. I think being honest and being very transparent in that piece helps with the inclusion aspect of this. He doesn't treat diversity and inclusion like just big corporate buzzwords. He understands the importance and he has his direct reports and his executive team hold those same core values as well. And then additional best practices that we have found include taking advantage of the employee engagement data that we do on an annual basis, new hire surveys and exit interview surveys. We take all of that data and we gather it. And then we take all of the data gathered from having these conversations to build out these initiatives and allow everybody to have a voice in some form or fashion that works best for them.
1: I think it's interesting that that Sean does that. I haven't had anyone say that their CEO stands up in front of the company and puts the numbers out there and then says, Hey, here's where we are today, but here's where we want to get to. I think that's a that's a strong best practice that I think a lot of a lot of small and big companies can learn from.
0: I agree. I think it's very bold, but I think it's something that should be happening and it shouldn't be something that's just kept quiet and pushed down and and, you know it's not one of those things that if we ignore it it's going to go away it's going to continue to be coming up so he does a really good job of recognizing that and communicating that it also kind of helps with us selecting the initiatives that we should focus on now and what's going to happen now and within weeks or months or even the next year or two but also how those initiatives are going to impact us in the long run and be something that just is constantly moving and, and growing with the organization as the organizations grow.
1: Well, for those companies that are really just now getting started on their own d journeys, what advice would you give them? Where do you think they should start?
0: Well, first, I really do like the way that you asked that question, because it, putting together and implementing a diversity and inclusion program, it really is a journey. It's really not a quick fix. It's not something that can happen overnight. Meaningful change really does take time. So, with that, I would really want to start with saying to anybody who's putting this together, any groups, leaders, HR professionals start with not assuming. Conduct a current state of employee experience, gather that data, take the time to research, ask those really hard and uncomfortable questions when you're meeting and speaking with other individuals. Really take that time to determine the purpose. Of the D&I program, are you doing it for the people? Are you doing it for show? Understand, like what is what is truly important, and hold that value to how you're implementing those programs. Once you've done that, build a clear action plan, launch that action plan, and implement it, and then it, naturally it'll become embedded into your culture. So, truly, don't start a DNI program with just making assumptions of what's needed and what needs to be representative, but take the time to understand directly and internally how it's good for the people and how it's good for the business.
1: I think that's really good advice. I think you can get in this trap where there's a playbook for sales, there's a playbook for marketing, there's a playbook for all these things. But when it comes to DNI, i I mean, there isn't a playbook, right? I mean, it's something you have to understand where you are today and, and then figure out how you're going to get to where you want to get to. Because you know, I, I think you're right. A lot of people just come in with assumptions and you know they're, they're starting this journey trying to get to a, a destination without really knowing where they're starting. So I think that's great advice. So looking at the payments or fintech industry as a whole, how do you think the industry is doing and what more needs to be done?
0: For this question, I think, well, really for most questions, my answer is always going to be that there is room for improvement. Speaking generally, I really would encourage leaders and executives in the payments and the fintech space to actively seek out different viewpoints and become more culturally competent and up to speed on what should be changed and also understand why the change is so critical Creating a culture of diversity and inclusion, again, as everyone should be aware, it's not an easy process. It's not something that falls under the umbrella of being a quick fix. So rely on the research, rely on the data, and have an unwavering commitment to making the workplace more inclusive for everyone. And it really shouldn't matter if your company has 50 people or 5,000 people. Society is constantly evolving. The workforce is constantly evolving. And I think leaders in the payment space and within the payments industry as a whole, are behind on making this more normal and more of a priority at any organization and at any size.
1: I would tend to agree with you there. Well, Alyssa, we've covered a lot of ground on this very important topic. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss or leave with our audience?
0: I do want to say that for HR professionals in the payment space, the fintech or technology space, don't get disheartened. Please don't give up. Diversity and inclusion is so incredibly important within a workforce, but it is still unfortunately seen as such a taboo topic. So don't stop fighting the good fight. And if you're not directly in human resources, if you're a leader, if you're an employee, understand how critical and important taking those initiatives within diversity and inclusion are. And I just encourage you to speak up, you know, use your voice and advocate and empower for those that you work with and for those around you at your company or within your community.
1: I've heard people say, if we could all just take one small step forward every day, we would start to see the types of improvement that that we all want to see.
0: Absolutely. And a lot of those small steps also start with building those relationships, building that trust. No pun intended here, being that this is payments industry, but being less transactional and being more authentic and building those relationships. That's going to make incredible you know, leaps and bounds within any organization.
1: Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time's very valuable and I appreciate you sharing all of your insights. I think what you guys are doing at Cantaloupe is amazing and uh, a big fan of the company. So thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for having me today.
1: Absolutely. And to all you listeners out there, I appreciate your time as well. And until the next story.